The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. What does motion sound like? With Kizikans Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizikcom slash socks. Do not underestimate the power of PlayStation. Hey everyone, welcome to Beyond episode 483. Uh, my name is Marty Sleva. I'm joined by Elena Pierce. Greets. Andrew Goldfarb. Hello. And Terry Schwartz, all the Hi. way from terrifying Los Angeles. It's so scary. It is very You scary. also, did, you didn't say Beyond at the beginning again. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. It's like the third week in a row. To, that's totally fine. Uh, on today's I show, <laughs> uh, we have played a lot of video games. Uh, Andrew can finally talk about Persona 5. Yay. Alana can finally talk about Mass Effect Andromeda. Uh, we played a lot of cool stuff at uh, GDC, a lot of indies, uh, including Ukulele and Night in the Woods. Uh, we're going to talk about Uncharted 4, uh, the Lost Legacy DLC details that mm-hmm. finally came out today, and uh, tell you about our PAX plans. Uh, but first, Andrew. And me. Persona. Yes. A video game. Yeah, I... Uh, about that cute pup. There's, there's What's his name? Karamar? It's a cat. Well, that's Persona 3. <laughs> oh, yeah. Karamar is the best. <laughs> I'd love oh. to tell you guys all about it. All right, so our lack of knowledge about Persona is totally weighed out by your complete knowledge of Persona 5, including your platinum. Yeah, I got... I might... So I'm wondering if I'm going to be the first person in the world to get the English platinum. I mean, we don't know yet, because like, the trophies aren't live, so I can't look. But I got the platinum. It took me 105 hours. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, so we're, we're in this weird boat where like, I'm not reviewing it. And like, we are still, you know, under embargo for certain things. Plus like, I don't want to give away story stuff at all, but the game, like, like playing as much as I've played in, in Japanese and now in English, like I'm honestly convinced that mechanically, I don't think there's been a JRPG or any turn-based RPG this good in 20 years. Uh. I I feel like it is like, it is so stylish and aesthetically it's amazing. And there's so many striking things about it, but just playing it like mechanically it is such a strong game and it's just so smart and like like basically they they're taking what they've done in all the persona games which are the typical like weaknesses by um like obviously like ice is weak to fire and you know wind is weak to lightning It, it (laughs) it is straight up pokemon i mean that's the thing like when you're collecting all the personas um like they're each like have elemental strengths and weaknesses and all of that and it's just like the system's or smarter, they added two new elements that um, uh, they added like a what is it, psi and nuclear. Psi as in like, yeah. Oh yes. no, psi as in weapon. Yeah. I thought it was just like no, a, like psi, like, like yes, psi. Oh, what, psi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. what ah. beats nuclear? I, psi. Like, I oh, love yeah. for sighing. Just yeah. like an exhausted sigh. That was a that, that was, that was yeah. in Life is Strange. Uh, <laughs> and all the nukes to just That's disable if someone yeah. sighs. Oh, like, oh apathy. Well, never mind. Apathy disarmed the bomb. <laughs> just leave the battle. Uh, yeah, the game's great, though. I mean, I don't want to, you know, I want to get too much into it because mm-hmm. I don't 
want to. Well, you played through it already in Japanese. Japanese. Like yeah. how I think that's probably how you were able to beat it relatively quick. Over 100%. I remembered a lot of the puzzles. And yeah. what is it like playing through it in English where you understand the story beats? Uh, I got so much more context from the story stuff. Like I yep. understood what was happening. That uh, makes sense. And it's like I, like I kept saying I understood what was happening, just not why. So a lot of especially early in the game, like why people get involved with the group with the mm-hmm. party i'm like oh like that your motivations make so much more sense than what you were pantomiming like yeah. the actual like backstory stuff is cool and um just how they how each person gets involved yeah. is cool um it's this really weird thing where persona 4 there's like a flickering light yeah. i thought they were like oh, trying no, to sorry. send us it's a message or something game, yeah. fine. Totally fine. <laughs> uh persona 4 feels like scooby-doo it's very much like this like oh, cool. wily gang of kids of kids solving mysteries yeah. and coming together. Um, whereas Persona 3 is like this super dark, moody, everything is awful, the world is ending. This is somewhere in the middle of those. It's <laughs> like, sort of a sigh. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a heavy sigh. Can I ask what your favorite and least favorite things about it are? Uh, ooh, favorite is, I mean, it's the style? world. It's the style, but it's also just the world. Like exploring Tokyo. Yeah, as I was going to ask, how like is Tokyo in the game? It's awesome. And oh. it's like so much like the districts feel so distinct, like Shinjuku versus Shibuya versus Akihabara, like feel distinct. And there's like really fun little like like there's an arcade in like each place. But like the Akihabara one's like much more elaborate. And you can like, cool. go to UFO catcher and catch little like Atlas and Persona Easter egg things mm-hmm. or, like the Catherine yes. Ram or whatever. And like there's just so many smart things like that. Um, I don't know. The characters I think for me, they are not as strong as probably three and four. Um, I think Which three, that's being held on like a high pedestal because three and four have probably some of the strongest characters of any. For sure. I think the chemistry in four is like so unparalleled by anything. And I think in, there's still archetypes that are like the characters in three have sort of just sort of almost been like remade in four and in five. And so I think like the the main story is really, really strong, probably the strongest it's been. Um but the characters themselves, I feel like I have less of an attachment to than I did. In well, that. I'm disappointed okay. that they replaced a dog with a cat, personally. Yeah. Oh, the um, cat is so, dude. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I can say this, but cat bus, like. Ooh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, there's, uh, yeah, super early. They've shown that in trailers and stuff. Uh, Morgana, so there's the dungeons. Morgana is the cat, yeah. for context. Uh, there's the <laughs> themed dungeons that are, like, totally different puzzles, all the crazy Procedurally stuff. Procedurally generated, right? Um, well, no, that's the thing. So, like, the. The main dungeons aren't. They're set. They have puzzles. They're uh, built around an elaborate theme. They have story cutscenes. But then there's these things called mementos, which are like side quests, basically. Mm-hmm. And those are procedurally generated. And those are more along the lines of like Tartarus and Persona 3. Um, and in that, yeah, Morgana turns into a bus that you drive around. It's a little cat bus with ears oh. and tail and I've stuff. I've played that film. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've played the Gimpley. Uh, that is very exciting. And so, yeah, so obviously we'll have more uh, in our official review when it comes out in April, most likely. Uh, I'm guessing review will be later this month. Yeah. yeah. It's so then, weird how early that we got this game. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, when you, <laughs> when you have to put like 150 hours yeah. into that's, something. That's the thing. <laughs> well, and it's nice that they were able to do that, right? Like, right. I mean, I, I really appreciate that we were able to spend ample time with it because I think like we had it with Uncharted and with plenty of other games and like even you with Zelda recently, like it's you play differently when you feel like you're in a deadline yeah. and it doesn't necessarily make the game worse, but it just means that if you, a puzzle game, especially like the witness, I don't know how you would rush to review yeah, because really frustrated. you slam your head against the yeah. wall. Cause you're like, I have to do this now. Whereas normally you'd be like, well, I'm going to go to bed well, and then tomorrow. It, come yeah. Out and also rest. by getting like a huge head start before embargo, you end up getting deeper and a more varied, you know, points of views and discussion topics as opposed to we play through it in the weekend and I can't remember most of it. Yeah. Yeah. There's a joy yeah. to not having to rush through a game too, Seriously. like, especially with Zelda, but I feel like with persona too, just finding those small 
moment that you wouldn't get if you're like, hi, I need to review this by the yeah. end of day tomorrow. Yeah. Well, it, it like it, it gives, it gives <laughs> us time. Zelda, but I still loved it. <laughs> well, I mean, like Zelda is so endless that even with six months, I feel like you couldn't see every single little no, thing. Absolutely. Like I feel like in this game, there's there's like cute little side things. Like there's like there are you a lot can of Easter eggs, right? Lots of Easter eggs for sure. And like little side activities like going to the movies and fishing and batting practice and going to the gym. And like there's always like a little Big mundane <laughs> like activities you can do. I love fishing mini games. But yeah. yeah, the fishing mini game in this is really smart. There's so many smart things. I don't know. I'm um, trying to do some more supplemental like interview stuff and, and look at the big picture. Um, there are little things. I think it's it's really um, – it's a smart game. Like when I get into spoilers, I want to talk about some stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, the stuff I'm most excited about is definitely like – Endgame stuff that implies yeah. future things, so cool. it's cool. For more on fishing mini games, check out uh, Sonic Adventure. Uh, plays Big the Cat, who has many fishing mini games. Oh, I'm glad you brought Big the Cat up. Speaking of Big the Cat, Alana, <laughs> you got to play four hours of Mass Effect Andromeda. I just realized what you did with that segue. What? Oh, Marty. Uh, what? Nothing. Anyway, yeah, I did play four hours of Mass Effect Andromeda. You weren't segueing the way that I think you were? No, I just did a hard segue that didn't make... Oh, you had wanting to have sex with Big the Cat? Was That's that the segue? That's what I thought the segue was. Nope, you <laughs> yeah. brought that on yourself. Well, uh, people really do think that uh, Mass Effect Andromeda is a big old sex game. Yeah. I unfortunately actually didn't get to do any of that. Oh, man. I did try. Oh, bang. <laughs> <laughs> I did play about um, yeah three to four hours of Mass Effect Andromeda right from the opening of the game, and then we jumped forward to somewhere that was kind of in the middle of the game. Uh, and it definitely... Is different. It doesn't necessarily feel like um, the original trilogy. There are a lot of changes, and I think it has its own unique personality. But also, the combat is like totally different. Uh, there are still the similar kinds of abilities. There are more of them now. But um, the biggest change in that is the jetpack that you have that lets you strafe in combat whenever you want to, and also mm-hmm. jump out of cover and and cover and uh, platform around, which is really really fun. But it also makes it very fast paced. Does it feel much more actiony than? It does. It feels far more actiony in that. Uh, you know, one of the first planets you're on, you are going there as a pathfinder. You know, I'm not even I'm not going to spoil anything, but basically, mm-hmm. you know, you just you just shoot this race that you encounter. You don't interact yes. with them. And it's, that's odd to me in Mass Effect. Yeah. I mean, Mass Effect's so funny because Mass Effect one is mechanically so different from two is so different from three. Like they like three feels so much more actiony and less clunky than one did. Yeah. Um so it's like, are is it still like the wheel? Like do you have like a wheel for choosing abilities and weapons and stuff, or are you like No. Like what is because I guess my thing with Mass Effect has always been like I honestly can barely remember which class I chose because like there's there's a point where like soldier is distinct as compared to what is it Vanguard biotic or whatever. They've taken that to a whole new level now because uh, the classes basically don't mean anything and you can change them whenever you want to. Interesting. Okay, so that was my question. That's smart. Honestly, that's that's very Dark Soulsy. Yeah, yeah. You choose a starting class, but within an hour or two, you can respec enough to where it's like you or anything you want to be. Yeah, yeah. That's really smart. Yeah, totally. Yeah, because in Mass Effect, it always felt weird to be locked away from certain abilities and weapons arbitrarily. Well, especially I feel like I was saying this on Unlocked. It's weird for like I'm we're finishing up Mass Effect One now and starting the game. It's like, what class do you want? Do you want to be a biot? I'm like, I don't know what any of this means. Yeah, yeah. You're making it's like you know giving your kid a name. Especially, I don't know. Especially in that game, you're locked in for three Three games. games. Yeah, Yeah. There are other games that do that in a way that it explains exactly what it is. Like, I always pick a mage. Yeah. So that's something Mm. that, you know, Mass Effect doesn't quite have that. I guess Biotic would solve it. Yeah, yeah, use abilities. Yeah, yeah, I I feel like there's certain things that lock you in more specifically, but Mass Effect doesn't really. It locks away abilities rather than giving you 
better abilities. I it's it's they basically just made it more open and kind of in every way. Um, my favorite change is to the dialogue system, which is no longer Paragon and Renegade. I think the words that it, it uses is logical and emotional. Mm. Um, there are more than that, I believe, but basically you choose what tone you're saying something in rather than whether you're being a dick or you're being nice. So it feels like it's a lot more flexible and there's a lot more gray area. And it also has a uh, one of the stat pages is personality. So as you're playing through and you're making these dialogue choices, it's like you are actually shaping the personality of your character rather than just occasionally being rude to someone, mm-hmm. um, which I really like. I feel like it's going to be ever evolving. And one thing that I actually didn't like so much is that there is a lot of dialogue uh, that you don't choose. Just in combat, there's tons of crosstalk. There's also the thing where it happens in a lot of games. If you're walking and then you walk too far, it cuts off one line of dialogue because you start another one. And that oh, actually happens that. quite yeah, a bit. Yeah, that's yeah. always annoying. But I'm wondering if because you're shaping the personality of your character towards the end of the game, the uh, automatic dialogue lines might be different to someone else's. Oh, I'm hoping cool. that happens. Like if, if you become more of a dick naturally, yeah, basically. Yeah. 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 I, I like. I think that's really smart. I mean, it was always funny to me. Like, I feel like uh, Paragon Renegade or any like binary choices are kind of a product of that time. Uh, yeah. Because even like I remember when Infamous Two came out and they were like, "Oh, like we don't tell you which is the good choice and which is the bad choice." It's obvious. But then though. it's like, do you want to burn down the orphanage or save the kid? <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, like, do you want to mute Megatron? I mean, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the same thing like Bioshock. Like, yeah. Obviously, sticking a needle in a little girl is the bad choice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah this I, definitely doesn't seem as clear. Um, and I feel like you know one of my favorite things about Mass Effect. How has always been the moral gray areas in decision making where maybe you will wipe out one entire race but save everyone else by virtue of doing that and I think this kind of makes that even more complicated don't do that don't wipe out the race be good <laughs> also save Ashley and don't save Caden those are those are Mass Effect 1 hot tips that's 10 a, years from the future good plug yeah. for, uh, for Mass Effect. we're going to finish it very soon and I'm going to finish yeah. 2 and 3 before Andromeda comes out and I'm still going to have a job You're absolutely I think there's not. a lot of curiosity though about you know you sort of touched on this how similar or different Andromeda will be from the original Mass Effect obviously yeah. 4 hours I feel like is not You're absolutely enough time yes. <laughs> but I kind of feel like uh, you should look at this as a different game mm-hmm. I think that this is the kind of thing that, you know, it's made by almost completely different team of people. And I think that this should be looked at as something that kind of exists in the same universe, but is fundamentally very different to the original trilogy. Uh, there are a lot of changes that I like. There are some things that aren't flaws in it, but they're things that it moved away from that I loved. Like, I love the world building. I love that so much. I love being able to talk to anyone, anywhere, and get their entire personal backstory uh, without really needing to. And I feel like of what I played of Andromeda, there's a lot less of that. And that's something that sucks for me, but isn't necessarily a flaw overall. I feel like it is... Uh, kind of like, you know, if you read a comic book and then you go to the movie and if you expect it to be exactly the same, you're going to get angry. I think that that could yeah. happen with this. Yeah. Like if you're not expecting like it, it to be identical. Be different. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's started yeah. a new. Yeah. And it's been, I mean, 10 years in video games like storytelling and exploration and player agency and scope in video games have changed so much in 10 years yeah. that like if it did feel like Mass Effect 1 that would be weird well, it would be like they, it, was, it would be like if they were right. insulated well. to be fair though I think Mass Effect 3 was a, like it sure. did incorporate like Mass Effect 2 and 3 did evolve with the yeah time. and 3 yeah, was what, is, five years ago yeah. 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 yeah I haven't played 3 I played 1 and 2 mm-hmm. I didn't play 3 so this could be super similar to 3 and I just don't know because I haven't played it I actually didn't play it because people talk so much crap about the ending so I never bothered <laughs> but which color are you yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean 3 is like it is more actiony it is yeah. uh I think three feels the least RPG ish of them. Like it, it seems like it, it leaned much more into action. Yeah. Um, 
don't know. I think three is fine. I don't think it's like the worst game ever. I actually liked it quite a bit in, until the ending. I love um, one and two. One's my favorite though, for sure. Like I, I prefer one's it. my favorite story, but it is so hard to go back to because it's so clunky inventory wise. Yep. I mean, it, it's yep. interesting. Like yep. Andromeda is fascinating to me because it's carrying the baggage. It's getting the advantage of the Mass Effect name yeah. because, you know, like, hey, like that's not a random alien. It's a Krogan and that's yeah. an Asari. And like, you know that. But it's also carrying a lot of baggage, especially because of how three was received. Um, yeah. That I don't know. Like it's. They keep saying this is not the beginning of a trilogy, which yes, it's totally the beginning of a trilogy. But <laughs> it's I do the beginning of a series that will never end. Yeah, yeah exactly. I'm locked into a trilogy. I'm, I'm almost like I, I like the idea of them doing almost like a Rogue One style. Like you can do a separate branching off that's set in the overall universe, but introducing characters you never met or whatever. Um, but I don't know. Like I, I feel like Mass Effect's world is really rich and and open for a lot of that stuff. Like like before this was announced, we were always wondering like, will they go back in time and tell some of the mm-hmm. like original like Mass Effect relays being established? And, sure, and it was like Halo really Reach. Yeah. Humans though, right? Yeah, like, for that sure. would be a weird yeah. time to do it. But uh, <laughs> but the, do you need humans? Like I'm I'm, I'm almost. My I biggest, would play a whole game as Garrus. That'd be yeah, great. That's Garrus <laughs> exactly. and Rex like, yeah. are the most interesting characters yeah. in one. Yeah, I for love sure. them. Uh, but there are, you know, for the things that they took away that I particularly love, the stuff that they've added that I also really love that I didn't get to try much of, which is uh, there's so many more planets and they are mm. enormous. Uh, they also have actual side quests on them, supposedly. I didn't get to try any of these, but it seems like they have actual narrative-driven side quests that aren't just drop your damn vehicle down and then the side quests that are all the same yeah i I mean that's what i'm excited for the most is is an evolved form of of all those things like i mean if the nomad is a better mako and if like nomad is totally better i mean that's how can you possibly get better it also has like you know it is a newer game it has like huge scale boss fights Uh, i actually didn't get to play those but i saw um for ign first i saw some of what destin had played through and i can't talk about it but it was just the scale of them is so, so, so much bigger than they were in the original series. Like that's awesome. Michael Bay scale boss fights. <laughs> like they're huge and, and noisy. And um, that's actually one of my favorite things about it was the sound design. It's just amazing. You really feel like every planet you go to is a completely different planet. Like they, none of them feel similar. And I think I said this on Unlocked, but I feel like that's what Destiny was trying to go for. But really what Destiny ended up doing with having these different planets in space was just kind of reskinned the same thing to have like slightly exactly (laughs) whereas these have like environmental things that feel so totally different that it just like you really can get swept away specific flora and fauna yeah that's really cool i mean obviously we have so much mass effect content this month because it's our ign Mm -hmm. first but uh, also when you go to a preview event you're getting what the developer and what the studio wants you to see and i'm so curious like when you do get a chance to sit down and like play that yeah how different it might yeah what it might be and whether some of those things that you think aren't in there maybe just were what they didn't want to show you Yeah, yeah well that said though uh it was buggy as hell um it's aside from assassin's creed unity the single buggiest game i've ever previewed um which is scary because it's out in like two weeks I, uh, <laughs> but uh, that being said you don't know when the build was from. exactly yeah. so i keep wanting to say obviously this could change but because mm-hmm. i pass on a review of assassin's creed unity a preview of assassin's creed unity because it was so buggy i feel like i have a duty to tell people what i've played it could completely sure. release differently yeah. build could be months old but uh yeah. you know when i had two crashes yeah that's like always the hard thing about previewing and even reviewing now is like we do sometimes get it before the day one patch and it's yeah. like maybe that fixes literally every problem yeah. yeah uh one thing that i think won't be fixed is 
some of the facial animations, you know, people have spoken about Bioware face, um, specifically bad in cutscenes where a character is supposed to convey some kind of emotion. I feel like they are not <laughs> very, they're not very good, just again from what I saw, at conveying emotion. It's like their facial features just don't move enough, and I wonder if that's because the uh, character creation menu is so much more expensive now. Like, there's so much more that you can do. It yeah. um, has a lot of fidelity. Like, you can... Because they're not technically military, they're Ryder twins. Uh, they aren't confined to like the same basic hairstyles as Shepard might be. You can get crazy awesome. colored yeah. hair and do whatever you want, really. But yeah. I think because maybe because there are so many different features, it was harder to make them move organically. So characters just don't emote quite enough. I mean, that's the thing in with facial animation is any game that has a custom character creation thing inherently isn't going to be able to be as good as a Naughty Dog game or, yeah. you know, a Quantic Dream game. Um, it's not like Fallout looks very good either, you know? Like no, no, of really- course. Yeah, and that's just like, I don't know. That's just it's because they're like mapping sucks. a rig for a raised eyebrow, but that eyebrow could be one of 50 Yeah, totally, where it's not just like, like, oh, this is Nolan North's face emoting like I this. Yeah. Like this is Troy Baker's for, face. Oh, God, Finchie. Oh, jeez. I don't think it's as bad as Finchie. I don't think anything's as bad as Finchie. I love, if you've never seen it, Polygon is a show called Monster Factory. Oh, my God. So good. It's yeah. like just making these awful. The Dark Souls like, one. It's the, so with good. The pizza skin. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to talk about uh, Yeah. <laughs> did you hear, did you get to hear uh, female writer versus male writer at all? Yeah, I tried both. Um, and I was impressed with the boy, voice acting for both of them. Um, I actually, majority of the time, do play as a male character, but I think in Andromeda, I'm going to play as Sarah Ryder just because I really like her. And something about her fashion is super cool. And it's like, I think like this is probably like a character that I'm like, I could totally be her. And it like is yeah. cooler. Whereas uh, I actually preferred Male Shep in the original trilogy, which everyone else. Really? I know. Everyone says that. Wow. I, I you and Dustin. Yep. It me. Yeah. Wow. I, I think, wow. I, Femme Shep <laughs> is like a hundred times. I understand why people say man. that. I really, I don't know why. And I didn't even customize him. So it was just like vanilla. Bro Have Shep. you seen the real life guy who it's, he's based on? No. It is like insane. There's a man out in the world who doesn't look like a real man. He looks exactly like, <laughs> like he looks like a CG creation, but it's really him. That's he so looks funny. exactly like Shepard. <laughs> that's really that's, funny. that's incredible. Uh, before we move on, I also just wanted to talk about the crafting. Huh? Uh, it is crazy expansive, and it seems like every single thing that you pick up, you don't just need to sell it or turn it into Omnigel. Uh, you can craft with it. And it's kind of uh, a system of blueprints where you have silver, bronze, and gold. That could be more than that. That's all I saw. And obviously the gold ones are rarer. Um, and once you get well, blueprints, rare. which oh, uh, you have to buy the blueprints, which then you use to make different things. And they each have like the gold ones have three slots for basically uh, augments. So you can have a shotgun, but you can add like extra damage when you're low on health or um, you can even change the rate of fire. So it kind of seems like there are so many weapon combinations that I looked at in that blueprint list and was like, how the hell is that going to work? Like just seems like you can create whatever the hell you want and just completely defy the that laws rules. of what we know. Yeah. I think it's going to be super That sounds fun. like um, Dead Space 3 had a... Yes. Yeah, yeah. Like Tons that. like Dead Space Also, I'm glad That's that awesome. like, 2017 is going to be the year of the craft between yeah. Resident Evil on Horizon and Zelda and this and probably every game for the rest of the year. Yeah. Forever. That'd be good. Yeah. 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 Good crafting you in games. You can get custom guns in first of <laughs> <laughs> hey. uh, I'm I'm really excited for Mass Effect. I've been, as much as I can with my job, trying to be just on Media Blackout for yeah. it. Yeah, and, and they've done a relatively good job. Like, if you just <laughs> don't watch the IGN first stuff, which isn't good. You know, watch yeah, the, the IGN first. first stuff. Uh, or at least just, like, click the video and let it play through so that we can know. Yeah, at least uh, watch deal. the app. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think they've done a pretty good job of keeping the story uh, close to their vest. Uh, yeah, and we'll obviously have more on Mass Effect throughout the entire month, as well as uh, a lot of and I are going to play the multiplayer at 
at PAX. Yeah, I'm super excited. Yeah. I think that's actually the first time it's playable. Yeah. Um, if you're going to PAX, make sure you check that out. Yeah, we'll yeah I thought it was it. interesting. They had they were doing a beta and they canceled it. Um, yeah. it but it will be shown at PAX. And I mean, like it, the game's so soon, I feel like it's hard to be that mad about it. Like, I mean, they've put off having multiplayer. Like we were supposed to reveal it as well or mm-hmm. something, yeah. and then that like kind of got pushed off. So it's like they keep sort of back to your buggy build comment. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. It's like I feel like it'll be fine by the time it comes out. There's so yeah. many people working on it, and all they're working on right now is bug fixes. Really, so mm-hmm. also I've no doubt it's going to be really cool and robust, and those are very smart. Talented people, I'll probably never play a multiplayer Mass Effect Andromeda. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, that's tough. Yeah. 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 yeah, I'm always like that. Like, I mean, that's how three was. Like, three, I did, um, it was like basically Horde mode, and I played a bunch of it. Like, I wanted to get achievements and stuff, but like, ultimately, like. They're called trophies, Andrew. I, I played an Xbox, I started the original Mass Effect on Xbox. So well, I, yeah, you're sort of locked in very early. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, well, but yeah, it, it's, uh, I'm excited for Andromeda. Yeah. It's so soon. God, well, it's such a crazy month. I know. It Speaking is. of, for games we know that did release very well, uh, Horizon released very well. And I know everyone just wants to talk about Zelda, but this is the PlayStation release show. Very well it hasn't released, like, released in good shape. Like, it was not oh, buggy when it released. Do we have any like idea of sales for it yet? I guess that probably won't come uh, out. We know in the UK for the first week it outsold Zelda, but that's a, that's skewed because it came out on a Tuesday and Zelda came out I on a I would be Friday. shocked if it didn't outsell Zelda. The install, the install be, base is so yeah. much higher. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I mean, uh, they said. I think they said it's the best debut of an IP, IP. on. Uh, I so believe that's yes, for Europe, though. Oh, that's for I Europe. I don't. I might be wrong. Well, I would imagine that's going to translate. You know, one, I, one. Yeah. like aside from Uncharted Four, this is probably the best-selling first week for a first-party game. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if they count. Like, does Bloodborne count as a new IP? I yeah, know. I think so. Yeah. Like, but I yeah, imagine so. this had to have sold more than Bloodborne. Yeah, 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 I would imagine too. Like, and plus they were pushing it really hard, and it's just unique and pretty and cool. Like, I mean, it's something people different. are loving it. Yeah. Like, every word I've seen about it has been positive. Like, even when Jose and I were streaming Zelda, everyone's like, "Horizon." is better. And I was like, okay, shut up. But so we can have them also, both. Yeah, Great. yeah. What if we have two of them? Yeah. Uh, yeah, you've got to play a bunch of Horizon, haven't you? I did, finally. Yeah. This past weekend. I am really enjoying it. Uh, I think I had the opposite problem as of everyone else, though, where I re- I just want to know what, what is going on with main story quests. I'm sure. very narrative-driven yeah. with games. I, I get very attached to that. And so I was like, made a beeline through the main story quest and got really far into it and was around the level they suggested, but was just getting one-shotted by yeah. everything. Mm-hmm. And actually hadn't found a lot of side quests and actively had to go and find side quests and yeah. level up like another 10 levels whereas a lot of other people I've seen playing have gotten totally lost yeah. in like just the first area I yeah. finally was like you know what no I'm going to fight some stormbirds I'm going to find some robo T-Rexes and I'm going to go to the second area so that's yeah. alright and then I had to go work like I'm terrible yeah, oh god I'm going to be sick for the rest yeah. of the week <laughs> um, but yeah I, I'm really enjoying it so far but I do. maybe it was just because I went very story heavy at the beginning and then had to distract myself with all of the side quests. I do feel like it sort of lost that narrative thread that I was really interested in. Yeah. There's like a lot of cultist leader stuff that I'm not as invested in is figuring out what is going on underground, like that big question. Oh, sure. Like the, 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 I don't know, quote, for lack of a better term, what's in the hatch is the most interesting thing. Like it doesn't have totally. to me the interpersonal interesting relationships that something like Uncharted does, but the overall mystery of just like, where are we and what happened? Like what got us here? Uh, I think is really cool. And finding one of the cauldrons, despite the fact that the cauldrons. Oh, I lo- I finally did my yeah. first cauldron over the weekend yeah. and it was so neat. It and just like, looks so different than anything else. It's too. so different. And I want more of that. And maybe that's more late game, but there were just some amazing moments, especially early on. And I don't want to spoil anything, mm-hmm. but when the characters are trying to figure something out that we, as the audience have so much more insight, 
right into and yeah. it's so yeah. interesting yeah. and I want more of those moments and again I think I've just been distracting myself trying to totally. level up yeah uh, but so I'm excited to get back into sort of the the main story I haven't been as invested in the side quests it's not like The Witcher 3 or even Zelda I think yeah. where they reward you in interesting ways I mean, yeah. I'm the opposite like I am really? just like I'm just like just IV drip of side quests and I don't know why I'm doing it. Like I'm not that kind of person with a game. I mean, I, I enjoy playing stop. them. I'm just not emotionally invested oh, in sure. any yeah. of these people's yeah. journeys. Like they, yeah. they all sort of run together, even characters that I'm repeatedly running into. Yeah. I, and it hinges a little too much. It's like side quests of like the detective mode thing of you come upon right. a spot of blood and you're like, what happened here? And you hit your but Dragon Ball Z I've, thing and then you see like a hologram <laughs> yeah. walk away. Yeah. I've never played a Far Cry game. So okay. Okay. a lot of this is a little new to me. Sure. Are you well. playing it the same way you usually play Far Cry? Which is? I usually play Far Cry and then I get to an area. Skinning tigers. <laughs> I just mess up some tigers. Uh, I put a grenade on a turtle and make a wallet out of it. <laughs> no, I, uh, I get to an area, I do a few side quests, and then kind of pad out that area, and then do a main quest, and then keep... I oh. feel like I do it super evenly. Yeah, I'm definitely like a couple side quests and then a main quest. Like, I, yeah. I don't... I'm not going to get 100%. Myself, then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> then I'm creating um, Yeah, and the I think the, the story does get... A little bit better as it goes on. I'm really without spoiling the story. it. Yeah, with uh, I mean Aloy uh, Ashley Birch is awesome as Aloy, yeah, yeah. and uh, ways into the game uh, Lance Reddick, who's again to bring up Lost for <laughs> my, <laughs> my contractually obligated <laughs> once every ten minutes. Uh, he's in the game, and his character is really great, and he's great. Um, I guess he was also in The Wire. We can bring up the top two shows he's of all time. And like every he was in John Wick. That is not The Lost or The Wire. Mm. Did I say The Lost? You did say yep. The Lost. Yeah. Um, you were talking about Land of the Lost. Oh yeah. Favorite. Okay, that movie's that movie's really good. Oh, it's a very bad. What do you think of Land of the Lost? The Will Ferrell one. It's. Oh, that movie's really good. I watched I it mean, recently. Really I watched it depends it recently. whether you're sober or not exactly, while exactly. watching yeah. it. Is I, all I will take say. a guess at my state. <laughs> um, also, yeah. I love Terrible Blast Arrows. The purple ones. Yeah. I love the combat. Again, like maybe this it's is very. So fun. It's Almost like great. yeah. In every other game, but this is my first. I like love scanning it. And yeah, I want to jump into it so badly. Yeah. Like it's so there's so many games. Right. I mean, 2017 is lousy yeah. with amazing games. Like one like what that was has like, happened. It was like awesome to play. Yeah, yeah. It, it, does, it feels yeah. like 2007. 2007. It's like a yeah. what every five years thing, I guess. Yeah. But like it feels like a. Uh, like I was happy to get Persona early, and I'm excited that I got through it. But now I'm like, well, I basically just missed Horizon because I'm definitely jumping into Zelda. I finally got my yeah. Switch yesterday. Um, I want to play Mass Effect early because I, I want to be I, part I'm of. I'm really the happy with the way that I managed it, and then I played 50 hours of Zelda in four days. So I started Horizon, <laughs> I'm happy with that. destroyed Zelda, and now I'm back to Horizon. Yeah. So it's like I was because the way that Zelda is. I know we keep bringing it up to PlayStation podcast, but this is going to be the game of the year. I feel like we have, you know, we have reason to talk about it. Uh, so I smashed through that and I'm now back to Horizon, which I'm playing kind of slowly. And then I think like by the time I'll be done, Mass Effect will be. Out. You have two weeks. I feel like like you're in a good spot. I feel like, that way. Yeah, you can play was, a ton this week. <laughs> if I was Damn it. one, uh, <laughs> if I was one game ahead like basically if i you know like if i had beaten horizon already and persona i'd what feel really good about zelda and sleep like, i don't really sleep anyway. so I mean, we, well my zelda. problem is yeah. like or I, if you don't play 104 hours of persona your second time through the game well, i'm also <laughs> i'm also caught up on like every serialized show but that's TV. my problem right because i primarily work with our entertainment team and there's yep. so many good movies out right now yep. and like tv is good all weekend i was like guys i was so productive i just sat on my couch and i played 10 hours of horizon and i caught i rewatched preacher and i caught up on all the dc tv shows i went and saw logan like it was so productive i did so much it is weird that like with our jobs if we consume a ton of media, it's like, oh, I was productive. I did. I, yeah. I actually that did way. something. Yep. Like, I saw Logan. I'm like, all right, I'm able to talk about Logan. If yeah. I have a weekend that's like fun, I go to the beach. I'm like, man, 
I really should have played Monkey yeah. Hands. Yeah. Man, I'm not going to be able to talk to Marty our, about the people versus O.J. Simpson when I get back. And this is when the rest of the podcast is just about how great a show that came out a year ago. Yeah, it didn't have enough Kato Kalen in it, though, because that man's real silly and he lives yeah. in the back of the house and doesn't Go wear watch a shirt. It, every time, every, every single TV show and movie that has been mentioned so far, except Logan, I have not seen. Yeah? Wow. Like, I don't know what's happening. Anyway, back to Horizon. Do you have any thoughts on the O.J. Simpson show? No. Nope. you know what, what vehicle he drove in on, on his police chase? Nope. Take a guess. Color, make, and model. A red <laughs> Corvette. A red Corvette. Ah, that wow, infamous yeah. red Corvette chase. Was it a Toyota we'll Camry? Let, it was we'll a, let you find out on your own. Yeah. <laughs> we don't want to ruin that yeah. mystique for it's you. It's an animal. Yeah. In our new show, The Podcast versus O.J. Simpson. He was a sportsman, right? He was a sportsman and an actor. He killed someone? He uh, allegedly killed his wife and uh, a waiter. Hey, he and was found... Nice. <laughs> yeah, he got not guilty. I accepted a civil suit in which they were like, oh yeah, you totally killed her. Now you have to pay the family. And also now he's in jail for stealing sports memory. I wait, 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 actually, he was found not guilty? Yeah. yeah. I, well, spoilers at the end of People vs. I know. I was like, I don't want to actually make this all about People vs. O.J. Simpson, but it will be very interesting for you. If you do watch it, it'll feel... I mean, there was a lot of stuff I didn't remember because I was pretty young yeah. when it happened. Well, I've wanted to do a, <laughs> a show for a really long time where people just make me guess parts of American history that I'm like... I don't know. I, think we I have no idea. We'll call it American <laughs> History X. Also, I'm so glad O.J. Simpson is considered part of American history. <laughs> I mean, hey, the is. trial of the century. If it yeah. happened in America That's true. previously, it counts as history, yeah. right? That's true. Greg and Colin would have never talked about the people versus O.J. They absolutely would have talked about the people versus O.J. It's so good. No, Colin would have talked about the documentary. It was my show of the year last year. I'm not going to lie. It was I would, it was I would agree. Well, other than Great British Fake Off. <laughs> All right, now we're actually moving on. Uh, uh, yeah, we got to play uh, two hours of ukulele. Yes. What did you think? Uh, I thought that it was, it is 100% Banjo-Kazooie 3. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I am totally okay with. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it, it has absolutely no shame in being that way. Um, some, I've, I'm just excited for people to be like, this is a ripoff of Banjo-Kazooie. And you're like, yeah. it's made by the literal exact same people. Yeah. I don't think that counts as a yeah. ripoff. I feel like they would have made it. Banjo 3 if they could have, but they obviously couldn't get the license. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's really fun. Uh, I really like a lot of the characters. A lot of the side characters are really interesting. Uh, I like the main bad guy. I like the hub world. Everything feels good. It feels like Banjo Kazooie. It feels very good to play. Um, There are a lot of kind of mysteries that you come across and like, ooh, I wonder how you do that. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's how you do that. I don't think they're quite as powerful as they were in Banjo. No, but but it's also... Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, those moments. Yeah, Yeah, the moments where you're like, what the hell? Like, how do I figure that out? Um... My, oh, we, we pretty much agreed on it because we're the same person. Uh, I think the walls are a yeah, little bit too big. Yeah, especially uh, the way they work is that you unlock a world and then it's already pretty big. And then you can spend the pages, which are the jiggies of this game, to either unlock the next world or you can expand the world. Yeah. And they go from being like, oh, you're as big as any of the levels, uh, as the biggest level in Banjo-Tooie to, oh, you are just massive. Yeah, and I think because they're so big they kind of lose a little bit of the personality. Yeah, which we both felt in the two hours we played and granted, a lot of the feedback I got was well, you played two hours. I'm like, yeah, but we were comparing it to, like, maybe it'll change. Maybe when I play the full game, I'll, like, know these levels like the back of my hand like I do with the banjo levels. But you, we were weirdly comparing it to Resident Evil 7 in that, like, Almost instantly, you could memorize the mansion. Still straight up draw the layout of that house. Yeah, totally. Yeah, like when we were playing through it, just by you having played it once, you were like, oh, I know where everything is. Yeah. Which is, I think that is like superb level design. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Especially because I have a terrible sense of direction. So, also, what about left and right? I don't know those either. Uh, very bad at <laughs> figuring like, out. No, she legitimately has trouble. Very with left bad and right. at left and right. There's the like this little. Yeah. <laughs> I do that while driving all the time. What was? Keep your hands on the wheel. <laughs> hey, do it while you're driving. What did your mom said this way and that? 
Yeah, my mom says this way for whichever way she's sitting on, and then that way for whichever way the other person is sitting on. Seems so odd. that's why I don't know. I use my that way turn signal. <laughs> well, I would be Mom's directing right. her, and I have to say this way or that way, but it's weird because you have this to put way, yourself in her perspective. Exactly. Your this way is my that way. It's very hard. So that's why I don't know left and right. Stage but. left. <laughs> Stage left. <laughs> yeah. Port and starboard. Um, but yeah, I felt lost in the world all the time, whereas, damn it, Marty, I don't. I don't think I ever felt that way quite so much in um, Banjo-Kazooie and Banjo-Tooie. Yeah, um, I felt that way in Banjo-Tooie. We feel different about Banjo-Tooie. Yeah, but you're wrong. I don't know. I've most recently played Banjo- the opening of Banjo-Tooie. And you fell asleep. There's a video on my Twitter of Marty snoring while I was getting 20 jiggies. Very drunk. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I'm really ex- I'm really excited about it. Um, I want to see more of the world variety. We saw a kind of like temple world and an ice world. And, yeah. you know, both super cute. Um, they also have their own version of Jinjo's. Uh, yeah, they're kind of like weird ghosts that are yeah. a little bit aggressive and, and you, you have to like tame them. Sometimes you have to feed them. Yeah. Do different things to get them. Yeah. I mean, it is definitely, there is a one-to-one analog with almost everything from Banjo in yeah. this game. Also, the oh, bad guy. Shovel Knight. Also, oh yeah, there's literal, literal Shovel Knight is in yeah. the game that gives you a quest. Yeah. Um, also, the bad guy is straight up Donald Trump. Yeah, absolutely Donald they Trump. Really, they really saw that one in the future and were like, hey, this is going to yeah. be topical. Yeah. It's yeah. super weird. There's yeah. this one part where he, uh has this statue made of himself out of gold. Yeah. And That's the, the honeycomb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, and uh, the vice president like puts himself on the base of the statue and the bad guy, his name is Capital B, I Capital think, B, yeah. just gets super angry that the vice president is there yeah. at all and like Sad. makes them chop it out and you're like, yeah, yeah it's uh, it's pretty incredible. It's also yeah. funny. Yeah, it's very funny. Yeah, there's a snake whose name is Trouser. Trouser snake. That's a dick joke. Yeah, that is mm-hmm. a dick joke. Yeah, I'm looking forward to looking forward to killing that. More dick jokes. Uh, did you play... Uh, like N64 rare games growing up. I, I know the three of us did. Are you excited yes. for this? Are you going to play it? It's got a lizard. I don't think I will have time, but yeah. maybe eventually in my life. <laughs> That's a good answer. Maybe I at some point right? in my life. It's like the most polite no ever. <laughs> uh, I feel like there are, I always have limited time for games every sure. year because I'm also balancing it between movies and TV. Mm. And yeah. I usually am very selective and was like, hi, Horizon yeah. and yeah. Zelda and And it's one of the things you want to be a part of the discussion. Right. I mean, yeah, you work on the entertainment team, but like we have a call every morning where we talk about like yeah. features and follow-ups and everything. And so you contribute as much to games as well. Mm-hmm. I'm just so excited that there's like another Q2 platformer because like I feel like yeah. it is. there are so many open world games. It is so overwhelming. And last year putting... 12 hours into Ratchet. Yeah, totally. Right around this time. Yeah. Perfect. Like palate cleanser. Yeah. Um, And I feel like this year again, like I'm so excited that like coming off of Persona, Mass Effect, Horizon and Zelda, like I can take a deep breath and just play play this 10 hour platform with bright colors. You can play it kind of passively as well. Like you can do one thing and if it stumps you, there's a million other things to do in that world. So I think it's super approachable. It's like weird because like I, you know, for years and years I was like, oh, there's a Vita version, Vita version. Like, this is one of those like weird like loyalty conundrums for me where like I want the trophies I want to play on PS4 but on Switch on the go this sounds so tempting I already like the Switch has barely been out any time at all and already I was like oh I wish I could just like put Horizon on something portable so that actually segues into one of the rapid fire questions from uh, George Loftus Uh, shout out to George uh, like what up, George? George? Yeah, oh. Jackalope George. Uh, he said, now that you've had a uh, Switch for enough time and have an opinion on it, what would you like to see in a Vita successor and how does the Switch's success prove that there's a market for it? The same capabilities as the Switch. <laughs> I mean, this is, because the Switch is Vita plus Vita TV or PS TV or whatever that ended up being. What was that called? PS TV? 
Uh, here, I think it's called PSTV. Yeah, but it is. Kojima Court, it's trans... Transfaring. Transfaring, that's yeah, it. Oh, it. Yeah, it is all of that, but just done seamless. Well, but I mean, yeah. like, even... So not even considering hardware, right? Like, just stepping back and looking at it as, like, a like consumer appeal. Like, the thing with Vita is, at the end of the day, like, it was fairly limited in who it was appealing to because it had PlayStation IPs. Whereas, like, if you just think of this as having Mario and Zelda and all of the Nintendo things that are so much bigger on top of whatever third-party support's mm-hmm. getting and all these indies and stuff, like, I feel like it is poised for success. And, and, like, whether or not it will be, we'll see. But, like, a Pokemon game on this thing, yeah. like, it is... I hope they do It that. has room Absolutely. to be so much... Like, PSP was propelled by Monster Hunter and some other cool portable brands. Like, FIFA, Pokemon, Mario, Zelda, like, this thing has potential yeah. at least to be so much bigger. Yeah, Monster Hunter. It's also just so yeah. convenient, right? Like, yeah. the battery yeah. life is not especially long. No. But saying, okay, well, I've been sitting at home and playing this for five hours or six hours, and then I need to go out and run an errand or go to the DMV, and being able to just pick it up and take it with you and bring it back later. Like, I mean, well, we already play games all the time yeah. anyway, yeah. but it's just so Play them convenient. on your commute now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you can with the Vita as well, but uh, the thing that Kojima said about it, um, Lucy O'Brien and I interviewed him back in February at RTX, and he said he thinks that the Switch is uh, an extension of the gamer's dream, I think is literally what he said, mm-hmm. and it's the idea that you can buy a Blu-ray movie and you can play it at home, and usually, like a lot of the time, you'll get a download code, mm-hmm. or you'll get something that lets you take it with you as well, right. whereas consoles up until now haven't really had that. The Vita tried yeah. to do that, but you know, that's yeah. the thing that I want is the ability to have something that I can play on my TV in front of everyone and then immediately take out and, and continue playing the exact same yeah. thing yeah. seamlessly. Yeah. yeah, like Sony has done the best job of it up until now in I, terms I of cross-save and cross-buy. I think they can do it. I really yeah. think they can. And like there's a lot of games like Thomas Was Alone and Guacamelee that I did play like that where I primarily played on Vita, but at the same time I could upload my save and I could download the game for free mm-hmm. on my PS4 and mm-hmm. play it there if I want. Um, and slightly less convenient. Sure, slightly less convenient. Yeah. And it requires, like, if you're doing remote play or something, like, you still need a really good internet connection. Mm-hmm. You still need, like, to leave your PS4 in rest mode. And, like, there's, like... Yeah, and you can't do it on a little, Exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's still a little more complicated. Whereas yeah. this is... I think this is something I feel like I could explain to anyone. Yeah. Whereas yeah. Vita, it's like, I really do feel like you need, like, a wiki page open walking through the steps. That's the thing is, like, I hope that the Switch does well so that we can get another... PSP or a Vita that does this. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, they I, take a note from it. There and, a patent that said they were working on So yeah. Sony's doing like R&D on some kind of very similar idea right. to Switch. But I, I mean, like, ultimately, if the Switch sells 100 million units, yes, Microsoft and Sony are making some version of this because yeah, that's right. just how it goes. You know, like, I think that... Yeah, I mean, you look at the Wii. Like, the Wii's motion success, like, yeah, it, it, with move for better and, or for worse, yeah. entered in, you know, move and... Yeah, uh, connect. Yeah. And, yeah. So I, I think, like, they're not getting ignored if it does that well. Yeah. I would be, like, I'm excited for it. And I finally got mine yesterday and, like, set it up and everything. And I can't wait to jump into Zelda. I would be very surprised if it does that well. I mean, the thing the yeah. thing I would love is I don't think there's going to be another handheld Sony device. I think what could happen is that they lean heavily into mobile and that we get a back catalog in mobile. And that maybe, mobily, you can download PS1 games or you can download these indie games and you could play them. There's Someone's going to come up with finally the controller that makes sense to connect to an iPhone or an Android phone. They so already have some pretty good ones. They, had, they kind of were building that ecosystem and then they just, PS Now just got shuttered on every device yeah. other than a PC or a PS4. Yeah. And so it's weird because like, you could play via a Vita sure. or, uh, or Smart TV. A, a, or, yeah, yeah, Smart TV, exactly. And like now, I feel like they are dialing that back. Maybe it's because they have a replacement in mind. But I don't know. Like I, I, 
I would love to take Bloodborne or Horizon mm-hmm. on the go and I would exactly. play them more. Like yeah. I would have been more likely to finish Bloodborne if I could have just all the flights I was taking at the time like brought it with me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so like it's an awesome – it is what I've wanted since I was a kid and yeah. not like I'm going to play the Game Boy version of the same thing I'm playing on Super Nintendo but literally seamlessly like you were mm-hmm. saying like pick it up and you're playing and it's your save file and it's yeah. everything. Um, the nice thing about Sony doing it too would be like – we were just talking about how your Zelda save is tied to that switch forever. And yeah. as of right now, there's no account based solution. There's no cloud saves. There's no, if you drop that thing, get stolen, like you're done. Like, yeah. yeah. So in context, yeah. I played Zelda on uh, an IGN switch, which other people are now having to use. And there's stuff that I still want to do, but I can't because other people are having to play it, which is like super basic complaint. But yep. the fact is I can't take my save off that ever right now. Well, and but even right like one of, one of our friends got a switch that was faulty and he put like four hours into Zelda and he had to replace his switch and just had to start over. Yeah. And that's really that's crummy. Like yeah. Terrifying. Yeah. And it's like, even like as of right now, you also can't transfer SD cards between systems. So even if they were like, Hey, you can put your saves on SD cards now, it wouldn't do anything for you yet. Right. Like it's so and dumb how that it, works. That's why I like, I mean, without getting two in the weeds of Nintendo, that's why it's exciting that I do think Sony, with Vita, it that part of it is. Oh yeah, like, understand the saved, internet yeah. so much like, more yeah, than yeah. Nintendo. Yeah. And that's why, like Sound Shapes or even Borderlands, <laughs> full disclosure, is for a Gearbox. Uh, <laughs> there are there are lots of games that actually were pretty good about cloud saves going yeah. back and forth. Uh, really good at the. Yeah, it was very good. <laughs> yeah. Used to it. Uh, but yeah, I, I I don't know. I want that meeting of the minds. Like yeah, I, I want like no, the totally. the back end that Sony has with the automatic syncing and trophies and account yeah, based. Yeah. I never had a Vita. The Switch makes me want a new Vita. Yeah. The Switch makes Vita, me want PlayStation 2. It to, makes me yeah. sad because I'm seeing people talking about their Switch. And like sometimes I'm like, oh, yeah, that's amazing. And sometimes I'm like, oh, man, well, well, Vita, Vita did that. Yeah, Vita <laughs> did the same thing. I was yeah. doing that in Vita in 2013. Yeah, yeah. Uh, cool. Um, there's a couple other games we were going to talk about, but we'll probably save till next week just because we haven't put too much time in them. And I know Max has played a lot of Night in the Woods. Mm-hmm. I just started uh, Nier Automata, which uh, we'll talk about more uh, next week. And now we'll move on to the Uncharted, uh, the Lost Legacy. Yeah. 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 What happened this morning? Uh, so Game Informer's new cover is Uncharted Lost Legacy, which is the standalone uh, expansion to Uncharted. Um, sort of like Infamous First Light. Like you don't need to have played Uncharted 4. Like Left Behind. Or like Left Behind, well, yeah, sure. yeah. You don't need to play or have owned yeah. Uncharted Four. So I, I assume it'll be. I don't know. We have no pricing or date yet, but I'm guessing it'll be a standalone disc, thirty bucks, forty bucks, yeah. whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, they just got into a little bit of why Chloe and Nadine, uh, like they considered. Um, are we doing Uncharted spoilers? Maybe we shouldn't. I mean, no. They considered. Uh, so they considered Sully and Sam. Yes. And be like, what kind of trouble do they get into? But they were like, Sully's an old man, and you know, it's not great to play as a, a video game, an old man. Yep. I and then they Sully. also considered a character from the very end of Uncharted the Four, very, the epilogue of Uncharted Four. Yeah, right. but they said that that character really wouldn't fit in the primary grammar, especially of Uncharted. with a gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah um, so they were like, I think this solution makes sense. Uh, it is. I think they said it's about a year after. Six months to uh, a year after Uncharted 4. Which makes sense. And Nadine no longer owns Shoreline. She's yeah. a kind of independent contractor that has been hired by Chloe to basically find this artifact. Yeah. And mm-hmm. the entire game takes place in India. <laughs> in um, You know, we saw like kind of that like war-torn streets in the PSX demo. And I was a little worried that was going to be the whole game. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. But it sounds like there's going to be, they said the biggest level they've ever made, bigger than Madagascar yeah. even. Like said one giant, big colorful, open, open world awesome. level. I love yeah. Madagascar so yeah. much. Yeah. It's such a great part of the game. Yeah. I thought they also said it, they were sort of focusing on 
Hindu religion? Like they were going to Yeah, so the cult of Ganesh yeah. is the, the the MacGuffin of the mm-hmm. game. Everyone's yeah. looking for this thing and they said unlike artifacts. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Unlike the other games which are generally about like a single historical sort of figure in their legacy, like this is exploring the like Hindu religion and philosophy and spirituality, cool. which I think is super cool. And yeah. obviously that's something you're like, if handled incorrectly, that's not great, but like I trust Naughty Dog to handle it correctly. Yeah. And going yeah. back to what we were talking about, Mass Effect Andromeda, like this is something just different enough mm-hmm. yeah. that yes. you know it's not a direct sequel. Yeah. It, it should have a little bit of a different flavor. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and I, I like that they're doing. I mean, like Uncharted became much less about swashbuckling and more about specifically Nate and his mm-hmm. family and his mm-hmm. background and all that. And they're doing that with this. Uh, Chloe is part Indian, and her father told her a lot of these stories when she was growing up. And so apparently, this story is going to be a lot of like flashbacks and and like the the insight they have into looking for this artifact is based on childhood stories she learned from her dad that maybe she didn't have a great relationship with or mm-hmm. hasn't really tried to remember in a while and is now looking back on mm-hmm. in a different context and that all sounds personal and interesting yeah and, you know at this point i feel like i would play pretty much anything naughty dog makes though yeah, so it's like you don't even need to tell me yeah. what, what happens i'm gonna play it i mean yeah. and that's the interesting thing is also in the interview with uh was a uh, co-president as evan wells he said that uh, quote uh naughty dog doing an uncharted after this is unlikely and then when he was asked about the possibility he said the likelihood is very low given the last of us two and other projects they want um so i think it's really Didn't interesting they say that after shot three though as well um i mean no i mean no. i think they maybe they did i, I don't know like did. i i would love to see them do another new ip because i yeah. think like looking at horizon you know what gorilla got to do yeah. and thinking of last of us when i tried or when naughty dog made it like I feel like there's just more creative freedom in that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But also Uncharted, this proves that Uncharted as a brand like is still viable for non-Nathan Drake stories. And like mm-hmm. Bend made what I consider the yeah, third best. or fourth best Uncharted game. Like I like it better in Uncharted 1. Yeah. So other studios can make a good game in That's that true. world. Yeah, totally. You know? Santa Monica, you could give it to Ben. You could yep. even give it to like a second party. Um, yeah, totally. Yeah, I think that could be really cool. Um, so yeah, we'll have more on uh, the uh, Lost Legacy uh, later on in the year. Yeah, I can't wait to see more. Yeah. Do you reckon those girls are going to do a nice kiss? No, I think they already did that once. Mm. As in, they they played their hand at the last time. Uh, with left with left behind or something. Yeah. I don't know. I uh, <laughs> I I like Chloe a lot as a character, and I missed her in four. I like her yeah, sense like of her humor. Like I just think she's yeah. dry and funny. And uh, Nadine, I feel like almost like I I mean. It, there is a story to be told about like the original version of Uncharted 4 versus what we played, you yeah. know, and like what Alan Tudyk was doing versus kind of what happened, uh, how Sam changed, all that stuff. Uh, Nadine feels like surely there was more to her sure. that got yeah. left on Which the Which I think is cool because this gets to tell that story. Exactly. Yeah, and like the, Laura Bailey is awesome. an incredible yeah, actress. Rules. Like I, I just I'm so excited for more of Nadine because I feel like there's something that's going to make that character finally click. Yeah. Because I really liked what we saw of her in 4, but it was always like it wasn't cameos much. basically. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, I'm very excited. Uh, just a couple of housekeeping things. One, uh, we don't really need to say anything, but Outlast 2 got a release date, April 25th. Uh, it's going to be $30 standalone, or for $40, you can get a box copy with uh, Outlast 1, Whistleblower, and Outlast 2. Alana and I played Outlast 2 like a year ago. It was scary. Yeah, they, they uploaded some gifts of us screaming to the yeah. Facebook page. <laughs> yeah, they didn't ask uh, us. No, they didn't ask us. We just, we just yeah, so had that. We're still waiting for money. <laughs> Pay up. Yep. <laughs> Um, for that three game. seconds of us <laughs> yeah. screaming. And then uh, we played it at PAX last year, but uh, Lana, you and I are going to be at PAX this weekend. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so super excited. We fly into Boston, I think, Thursday, Thursday. and we have a pretty packed out schedule. Yeah. Um, we have uh, two official IGN panels uh, Friday, March 10th at 2 p.m. You can check us out. Uh, and uh, we're doing a uh, We're IGN Ask Us Anything panel. Yeah. It'll be the two I'm of us, uh, Per Schneider, who, mm-hmm. you know, as our uh, general co-founder, manager. general manager, and, uh, you know, oftentimes host yep. on uh, NVC, as well as uh, Kirsten Slater, who's mm-hmm. uh, our events coordinator. So it's pretty much going to be just an open Get up to the mic and ask us anything yep. about what IGN is like, process, uh, how we got in the industry, tips to get in the industry, what it's actually like to work here, what Boss our jobs stuff that's actually controversial entail. Totally. That you're scared of asking. Yeah. Like it's, it makes that stuff really fun for us. And uh, I think we have all totally different backgrounds of the people yeah. who are on that panel. Yeah. I mean, we've been at IGN for two years, six years, and 20 years. Yeah. So it should be, uh, it should be good. And yeah. uh, we did this once in Australia. Oh, I wasn't actually at uh, IGN at the time, but. Yeah, people asked some really controversial questions, and that made it fun. Like, I totally yeah. encourage that. Um, just, yeah, we'll answer everything totally honestly. And yeah. I look forward to seeing Kirsten answer questions about games. Yeah. That'll be great. Yeah. What's, your, what's your favorite game this year? Uh, uh, Kirsten. <laughs> Our events quarter coordinator is mastermind. But, yeah. I mean, she, yeah, like, like the idea, sports. I mean, the idea of, like, what is it like to plan E3, like, is a terrifying thing. Like, yeah. And she does it. Pretty much single-handedly. She's yeah, amazing. It's she horrifying. does every event pretty much single-handedly. Yeah. Like she's, she's always stressed. She's planning because E3 she does Comic-Con so and Gamescom right at the same now. time. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. The building would just collapse. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Just tell her she's amazing. Um, so that'll be fun. Yeah. Also, if you want to find, I think we have like five panels each or so. Yeah. And so the other official uh, IGN panel is, well, it's not really an IGN panel, but it's the one that the two of us are on. Yeah. is uh, Saturday, March 11th at 3 p.m. at the Bumblebee Theater. And it's video games are stupid, but we love them for that. Yeah. I'm going to talk about Deadly Premonition a whole lot. Yeah. Um, Talk about putting that, <laughs> making that wallet out of that fr- uh, turtle that you explained. Good times. Yeah. Uh, and we'll have some fun guests for that. Yeah. So if you search either of our names in uh, the PAX East app, that's the easiest way to find them. And then you can add yeah. stuff to your schedule. It's super And then it's super, we'll be tweeting easy. out a specific things. Like you're going to be hosting a Cartoon Network panel. I'm yep. going to be hosting a Telltale panel. And we are live streaming a yeah, thing. At the Microsoft booth on, on Saturday? Saturday. Yeah. Let's, uh, we'll tweet out details of that. So, yeah, um, just follow they don't like have a room for a crowd, but people are totally welcome to come and watch us, uh, basically effectively do a live podcast from the show floor, which yeah. is really fun. Yeah. And come, if you want to meet us, we're not doing like an official meet and greet, but come to any of our panels and afterwards we'll be yeah. hanging around. You can yeah. Go. I'm yeah. super excited. It's going to be a good show. Patches cool. is the best. Patches. Um, and then the final PSA before rapid fire is that, uh, Tearaway Unfolded is free on PlayStation Plus and you should all play that because Tearaway it's an incredibly game. great game. Yep. I didn't spend as much time with Unfolded, but I don't the, know. the Vita version is amazing. Yeah, I played so much of the Vita version. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, now we'll move on to close the show with Rapid Fire. Rapid Fire is where we go into our Facebook up, Facebook group, Facebook. which is facebook.com slash groups slash podcast beyond. Yeah. And we ask your questions. Also, we take questions from our YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash IGN beyond. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, I know. Good job. Uh, also from our MySpace, which is uh, myspace.com slash uh, we are Tom. And we'll put you in uh, our top five. Yeah, top eight. Poppy, damn it. Uh, maybe the Australian MySpace was different. Uh, Lana, you want to read these out? Yeah, We already sure. read the first one. Uh, Francis Santos asks, what's your perfect breakfast? I didn't eat breakfast. Hash browns. What? Australian hash browns. I do. Well, it's like perfect breakfast would be like, I don't know, like a big ass brunch, like just mm. booze and yeah. random. Like we eat uh, tachos, which are yeah. uh, nachos, but made with tater tots. Those are really oh, those good. are yeah. really good. Egg and, and stuff like that. Like yeah. I, I love breakfast food. So like I'm, I will totally gorge myself on French toast and waffles and stuff. Yeah. But like realistically, what I actually eat every morning is like an egg white and a banana. Or I have a protein stuff. shake. Yeah. And egg white. I like that. Just one. Single Just egg one. white. I've been making these killer smoothies in the morning, but that's nice. not perfect. That's not like perfect. Exactly. That's what I mean. Exactly. There is this place near me, though, that makes the best cold brew coffee, and they do an 
avocado toast with poached eggs that's like this good. thick brioche and mm. it's so good avocado so, toast rules yeah it's There's so this good thing, i don't know if it, it happened here do people make fun of millennials for eating avocado in yep. the u.s that's a thing here too i mean i just i make fun I of millennials? californians and hipsters and yuppies and they so had, like flaky there are like actual <laughs> news sites in so australia LA. that so basically LA. talk crap about australian uh millennials for eating avocado on toast because it's so expensive and they're like how can you keep eating avocados when they're so expensive and then complain about not being able to afford a house. <laughs> <laughs> like, avocado's real good, Avocado's man. house. I uh, mean. It's funny, like, I feel like most of the perfect breakfasts I've had are from other countries. Like, I feel like in Paris, it's like, you eat bread and butter and coffee, mm. but it's so much All better day. than yeah. anything yeah. here. Yeah. Paris yeah. rules. Yeah. Um, so Paris, perfect breakfast. Yeah. 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 Just Paris. Just Paris. Just Paris. Uh, LJ Lowry asks, what classic PS... Classic. I said classic. <laughs> what classic PS1 game would you like to see remade, brought back to life, or rebooted? Uh, we're getting the the Parappa and the Crash, I guess, yeah. remasters. Yeah. Um, I feel like a full-blown new crash could be really cool, that which would have been I amazing. imagine would happen if this trilogy is going to sell well. Yeah, I'm Walks and hesitant because playing, I don't know, playing those games, like they didn't age particularly well. So at least, play, at least they crash one. Did you yeah. play the Skylanders level? Uh, yes, I did. I think at, that's really good. Time. That one's really fun, actually. And that was like a smart mix because it's... um. Like, I think in that world, he fits really well. And also, like, mixing platforming elements into what's already in yeah. that game, like, worked. Um, but, like, even, like, like I don't know, in Crash 1, like, physics have gotten so much better in games that, like, I, I would like to see what they could do with it. It would almost feel like a Sonic, like, a 3D Sonic in some ways, yeah. like, it, with the fast movement and with jumping between obstacles and stuff. So, I don't know. I'd be curious to see if it would work. Yeah. Yeah. Because I worry, like, Parappa and Crash both, I was like, oh, like, these bring back so many good memories, but... They're very hard to go back to. Well, and both their respective genres have evolved so much in 20 years between yeah. rhythm games and between 3D platformers. Like, they were both at the infancy stage of those, whereas now, like, we're in post Guitar Hero and Rocksmith and, you know, yeah. and even Galaxy. mobile. Like, having touchscreens has changed how sure, rhythm yeah, games yeah. work. I, I would love to see crap on my phone. And totally, I agree. I, it's weird because, like, something like Final Fantasy VII, if it ever actually comes out, is so rethought from the ground up that Mm -hmm. it is not like it's a remake in that it's the same story and characters and stuff but like mechanically it looks barely even the same there will be limit breaks but i don't think it'll be the same comment no it's gonna feel like probably more like 15 or kingdom hearts yeah Yeah. exactly yeah i I think like in that way some of the ps1 stories that are really rich i would love to see remade with modern systems yeah fantasy nine i was totally gonna say that we like just got the mobile version or whatever but it is the best final fantasy no question no it's nine now I, well, about them, the odds. I still want them to make six, but in the style of those three and four from oh, the guess, little chibi ones. Like, little chibi ones. Yeah. So that's what I, like. I got my PS One right when the PS Two was coming out, so they all sort of blended right. together. But I did. I've always wanted Breath of Fire three to get a port to like yeah. a, a handheld game yeah. because Nintendo did the ones for Game Boy Advance for one and two, and I loved those. Mm-hmm. And then I finally did buy like a janky copy of Breath of Fire yeah. three, but haven't had a chance to. PS one was the like, best for RPG, like for yeah. JRPGs. Yeah. Like if we, yeah. if we could get new, like even go back to the Square IP, like Xenogears or Parasite yeah. Eve or Final yep. Fantasy Tactics or yep. New Chrono. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, like, like a, a full Legends of Dragon. Yeah. Oh, a New Chrono. No, I don't. So this, Chloe brought up Legends of Dragon the other day too. The secret thing is that game is not good. <laughs> yeah, I, never I don't know why I got mad at it. Like everyone has a system. I will not come down. Is everything okay at home? (laughs) No, things are bad. It's time to put Chloe in her place. (laughs) (laughs) Nadine. Uh, The next question is from Brennan Bova. Can you wish me a happy birthday? No. (laughs) Yes, happy birthday. Happy Happy birthday, birthday. Brennan. 
If not, then what video game robot is your favorite video game robot? Mine <laughs> is Bob <laughs> 16. Do we have to question. answer that if we did wish him happy birthday party? Uh, should we just why not do both? Present. I feel, yeah, his birthday. present is our favorite video game yeah. robot. And also, uh, I guess from Persona 3, <laughs> probably my favorite video game robot. Okay. Video game robots. Yeah, who's, huh? Who are the best beep boops? Uh, I like Rush from Mega Man. He's a good dog. Yep. I like Juno from uh, Jeff Force Gemini. He was a good That's dog. A good call. Yeah. Juno is a good dog. Yeah. Can I just say good dog's everything in Portal 2? Everything in Portal 2. But also yeah. Wheatley. Gladys and yeah. Wheatley. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it was weird, oh, seeing, totally it was weird seeing Logan and seeing Stephen Merchant and being like, oh, Wheatley. Yeah. <laughs> it was also weird because Gladys that character, a, <laughs> like a crappier version of that character is in X-Men Apocalypse. And it's like a really Oh, yeah. That's oh, right. Yeah. 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 And like yeah. Stephen Merchant's version is like captivating in Everything literally every way. Everything about Logan is better than anything else in the X-Men. Yeah. Well, man, what Pretty a much. crazy coincidence. Like, what are the odds that the ones Brian Singer wasn't directing <laughs> happened to be really... Man, it's so crazy that Legion's really interesting without Brian yeah. Singer. Just, what an odd coincidence. Also, um, all the Robodinos in... Horizon. Shout out to Robo Dennis. Oh, yeah. yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. Robo T-Rex. Yeah. Robo Stormbird. Remember them? <laughs> no, I, I mount them. Ride them into battle. <laughs> Ooh, I'm actually curious about... Okay, so Nikki Frangella says, did you have fun licking Nintendo Switch cards? No. Uh, Alex McHale said. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. You can't just gloss over it. What is that in reference to? Uh, I licked a Nintendo Switch cartridge because... Uh, Madi actually told me that it, he heard that it tasted bad, which is from Jeff uh, Gersman. Jeff Gersman. Yeah. And so I drunk at 2 a.m. after recording a video with Steve Gaynor, actually uh, decided to lick one and upload it. I, I recorded, edited, and uploaded the video to my personal YouTube channel quite drunk. And, In 10 minutes, uh, right? Didn't yeah, you say it was about 10 very minutes, quick, which I'm very um, And I really didn't expect anyone, but I thought that my own YouTube audience would be like, oh, this is funny, you're an idiot. But it now has like 140,000 views and people are getting very angry at me, which is why I wanted to gloss over it. Everyone's like, you're an idiot. But my adult's licking cartridges. It's, it's yeah, like the perfect idiots. piece of content, especially since you were drunk. It was 2 a.m. You were at the office. Which I was here. That's very, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry you were at the office. <laughs> but happy. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's yeah. fair. Um, but like it's on our Snapchat. It's yeah. on our Facebook yeah. and has like a million views yeah. on Facebook. I really didn't amazing. expect that. So yeah. yeah. But yeah, the, they taste, I actually went home, that, I went home the day after and I'd like to hit cartridges and view the taste fine. My favorite Council thing. War's over. Vita tastes fine. <laughs> My favorite thing about it, though, and I sent you this as well, is the Nintendo publicist who I deal with down in LA tweeted like later that day, please <laughs> stop licking your Switch well, cartridges. Yeah. And that's why now it's I so, to. it's one of those things where as soon as people start talking about it, I'm like, how bad could it taste? Yeah, exactly. No, it totally It does. The people yeah. like treating me like I'm an idiot and I'm like, okay, A, I wanted to verify it. B, I was curious. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because the funny, news there's a bitters, it, there's a bitters that is mixed into the actual like plastic. It's, like a it's the yeah. most bitter substance known to man. And but it's that's, supposed that's to, what's so funny. They like they put this in to discourage people from licking it, and all it's doing is making. Yeah, I would never obviously. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's great. Don't yeah, touch it. It's really hot. Like, <laughs> <laughs> How hot is it? Any time a waitress brings over like a hot, yeah. it's hot. I'm like, no, it's not. I'm like, yeah, right. It's a challenge. What did I expect? Well, I don't know what I. Uh, Gotta switch my touch ID on my phone now. <laughs> <laughs> Alex McHale asked, "Would you volunteer for a one-way mission to an Earth-like planet?" Hell no. I, I would go passengers. to space straight up. No. I would go to Mars if I could. Uh, the only stipulation is that I would be allowed to take my family and my dog with me. My thing is, if I could go right now, I'm on board. In like 30 years, if this is available to me, I want to go when I'm like old. Like, it's, like I'm not going to survive that trip. Sure, you would. Why wouldn't you? It's I'm not an un- it's a, it's not unsafe. In a You're going to be cold. I'm going to be old. Oh. No. Well, it, it takes six days to get to Mars. Oh, no, that's not that bad. You'll be fine. What do you mean it takes six days? To get to I'm pretty sure that's what they. She predict. is our space expert. At oh yeah, and I don't know anything about space. And it's like the International Space Station is something like four hours. Like it's really. All right, I tell you back. When my my six. Yeah, you're totally fine. You're gonna, you're oh, right. That's my thing. If I could die in space, hell yeah. Also, if you can die in space, like. 
of natural and peaceful causes and, and not, not by oh, like oh, an a chestburster yeah. or whatever. I feel like that would also be fine because at least you get this beautiful view of the galaxy and stuff that you've literally never seen before. As you're writhing in pain yeah. watching your entrails yeah. floating yeah. above I, you. Not passengers and I don't want to go to space now. And especially now with Chris Pratt. Yeah, especially now with Chris That would be really bad. Pretty bad. I didn't it's even just, re- like it. it a, just is. It has a real. Flawed. It has a real junk turn halfway through. I thought it has a really bad twist. Yeah. Um, it didn't even bother me that much, and then people called me sexist, and I was like, what? Okay. What? <laughs> <laughs> it just was not. It's not. Huh. Yeah. It could have been much. The well, internet. I really like Chris Pratt, so let's move on. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Greg Sinclair said, "Hey guys, I would love if Terry could tell us what it's like working at the LA office." Yes, Beyond. Oh, that wasn't the question I thought it was going to be. I thought someone was asking about the movie show. Oh, no, a bunch of people asked about the movie show. Okay, well, I'll answer those together. Um, Hi, Greg. Uh, Working in the L.A. office is not as much fun as working in the San Francisco office. Not because people aren't lovely, because my team is the best, but you guys have so many toys up here, and it's like you guys have a whole overcooked PlayStation. (laughs) Like, not, not like... PlayStation system, but PlayStation, where there were just like a, a bunch of, of consoles, yeah, that everyone sits around and just play, yeah. So it's amazing. Uh, we do do a lot because there are so few of us, though, that we all double up and work on a lot of the same content and collaborate together. And that's you guys really got to go to like movie premieres and stuff like we that. We do, yeah. I want to go very... to the Ghost in the Shell premiere so bad. Me too. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's it's neat because things that I'm sure you guys get this a lot too. What is work is everyone else's dreams like it's work going to after parties and going to premieres and interviewing celebrities and doing all these things which is really neat and a fun part of the job you snuck into an after party last week i did it was great there you go supposed to be there never (laughs) mind take it back Exactly. Yeah. I didn't sneak in. I was. I used identity theft. It's that great. still counts. It's great, but I will say my favorite thing is getting opportunities to come and work with all you guys uh, too, because we have a very small team and IGN is so big. And yeah, also, and the show you flew out for today is going to be so good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So this show is great. But yeah, I mean, I've also like gotten to go to the UK office. You've been to Australia office. Like all our teammates are amazing, and and working at IGN as a whole. Like I, I always think that. When you work at IGN, you inherit like an extra 100 friends who all have That's the same totally interests, right? And yeah. then they become your family. That's why it's like it's, fun. it would be such a hard company to leave. Like I feel like leaving. I mean, everyone who leaves, they always exactly cry cool. every morning. If well, someone yeah. leaves, they cry, and yeah. it's like it's. it's when so I quit, hard I cried leave, so hard. Yeah, yeah. and I came back and then you came later. Back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Greg Collins. Um, bad answer, yeah. but yeah, LA office is great and movie show. Which I I'm flattered that people in the Beyond group, in the several people, um, they keep coming and asking us. Yeah, we had a podcast uh, that was called Keeping It Real, and it or got E L. Yes, it was a pun. Puns. We like were told film we were told it was a bit too early aughts, and we needed to update it. Uh, and then it got put on indefinite hold because but it's going to come back. For us. But it will it will come back. We do not have a date. It will come back. We have not forgotten about it. Will it be back it before back. the time episode eight comes out? Yes, I just guaranteed it. Okay. Oh, Marty will uh, host it if we the need. The famous man of guarantees, <laughs> Mass Effect trilogy expert, Rise um, of the Tomb Raider will be delayed. Greg, thanks for the question, though. I appreciate it. It's fun to be fun to be on with you guys. The next Beyond one you. is from Joshua Nedich. She said, "Comfort food TV show and guilty pleasure TV show." Comfort food for me is all the DC CW shows. Um, they just I don't know. Like I watch them while cooking a lot, and I feel like most of them have gotten significantly worse than they used to be. But like they are my Monday through Thursday or Monday through Wednesday now I know I can come home and just watch like a very reliable formulaic thing but I just like like the characters and even though Arrow's really really bad now <laughs> it's real work. yeah but he's yeah. real hot is he still so. on that island is he still doing those weird pull-ups no, no he's now, in Russia yeah. no 
and he's really doing like a why. political campaign. Just, I just, I honestly, I stopped paying joking? attention during. No. no. Oh. Yeah, I stopped paying attention during the flashbacks. Like they're supposed to be. Oh, more the flashbacks are so bad. They're so bad. I just, you know, I. I mean, I watch good. I have good comfort food shows like Parks and Rec and The Office and Archer and Bob's Burgers and Arrested Development, Thirty Rock. Any comedy, like a lot of exactly the same. A lot of like those like really good classic comedies. Jonathan Dormish will be proud of me because I started just watching Gilmore Girls, like the original one nice. for the first time. And that's been a good like comfort food. It's been a rough week or month at work. And I'm like, I just need to watch something that's lovely. Yeah. And the show is so you can identify that even if you're in another room and all of the voices are muffled because the way they talk is so quick yeah, and like it's just so yeah. snappy. Like it's it's so unique in that. And yeah, that and like Sorkin are the only two things I feel like you could identify. Yeah, like muffled just from by overhearing. And I totally yeah. easily fell back into that like '90s aughts mentality of the WB and what it was then. But my boyfriend, anytime I walk by and he's. He sees me doing it. He's like, all these characters are terrible. I only identify with Luke. Luke gets it. Who's like the curmudgeon. Yeah, and yeah. Like, yeah, like yeah. everyone's terrible, but you know, whatever. At least I don't need to watch another show for work. And like they're literally all white. Yeah. Well, and then there's Michelle, the guy who works at the. Yeah. Yeah. So they have one. one. Yeah. Is that the same? Like, I guess comfort food TV show and guilty pleasure TV show. Well, guilty pleasure so TV show would be something that you're like kind of embarrassed about liking. See, I don't have. I wear I don't think my I have stuff on my either. sleeve so much. Like, I'm. Yeah. You know, I, I watch like, things that are like people roll their eyes at, but I, just, I don't care. Yeah, especially working at IGN. Like when I was a kid, I was a little embarrassed. I was super into Sailor Moon. Like that would have been my guilty no. pleasure. But no, now I'm like, no. cool look how yeah. cool I am. Like yeah. I'm gonna buy Sailor Moon TV t-shirts and. Oh, you get to hang out with Miranda. I'm jealous. Oh, I also comfort food. I watch tons of the Twilight Zone. Ooh. I love that show yeah. so much. Uh, it, just every single episode that I watch of that, I'm like, this is so old. How is nothing better than this yet? Like, had, it's just so good. They had Rod Sterling up at noon back when Greg hosted. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. It's, it, oh, God. He's been dead for a long time. <laughs> American history with a lot. Of course he has. Damn it. <laughs> Uh, that stuff a new guest in the original era was Archduke Ferdinand. <laughs> Man, you've narrowly avoided that bullet by Canaveral Prince. Uh, yeah, Donan said, I miss Mitch. Same. Yeah, same. Oh, same. same. I also miss Mitch. Yep. R.I.P. Maybe we'll see him at Star Wars Celebration. Why would Probably. we see him there, Terry? Because he works at EA Motive, yeah. who are currently working on Star Wars Battlefront 2. Among yep. other projects. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Beyond. Beyond. All right. Uh, make sure everyone saw that disclosure from earlier that I'm. <laughs> uh, that was Beyond episode 483. Uh, you can find us all on Twitter. I am at Nick Biggity. Alana is at Charlanazard. Andrew is at Garfep. And Terry is at. Terry underscore Schwartz. Terry I need a much more Schwartz. interesting. No. Uh, Spot. Yeah. If I thought change Charlanazard, now I would. But I oh, no. It too long. No, no, no. I like it. You could get like one of those necklaces. No one knows how to spell it. It's just Charles over with your name in the middle. Yeah. People don't realize Also, that. don't ever get a Charles on necklace. I feel like I, we will, <laughs> would I you will that? have 99 friends at IGN. <laughs> Why you, like, would I do that? I don't know, because Terry said you, I just Terry, Terry said you should yeah, do it. And then you were like, Terry, take it back. Right yeah. Keep putting my foot in my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you all so much for watching. That was uh, Beyond episode 483. And until next time, Beyond. 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 Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. 
Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.